Welcome to the Charlotte Business Podcast, the podcast where business owners in and around the Charlotte, North Carolina area share their stories, their struggles, and the obstacles they overcame in growing their business to success. We hope these stories are an inspiration to others wanting and trying to start their own businesses and give consumers a better understanding of our local business community. I am your host, Sebastian McShane. Hello, everyone. I'm welcome to the podcast again. I'm here with Tori Manning, who is the uh, general manager of Treehouse Vineyards. How are you doing, Tori? I am doing great. Um, thanks so much for having me on. It is such a treat. We're excited. Um, yeah, my name is Tori Manning. I am, as you mentioned, the general manager for Treehouse Vineyards. We're based out of Monroe, North Carolina. Okay. And tell us a little bit of your background and how you started working there and what made you an expert in Muscadine wines. Perfect. Um, well, I am. Um, I was actually in the um, healthcare field for a number of years before um, getting to come on board. Um, I was basically an operations manager and running seven doctors' offices, and was a good friend of the the family. Phil and Diane are the owners, um, along with their son Philip and their daughter Ashley. And um, it, the business got to a point where it had been family owned and operated, but they really wanted to take it to another level. And so about a little over six years ago, I came on board full time and really just wanted to help develop the overall operations of the business and then obviously take it to the next level, um, both with events, our wine club, our treehouse rentals, all of the different areas and things that we offer here. Okay, cool. And uh, I stopped out there with my partner about a year ago, and we stumbled on it. We were out, kind of cruised around Monroe looking for yard sales and things, and uh, we had a really great time out there. Got a, uh, went to the one of the wine tastings that y'all sponsor, and yeah. uh, walked around the vineyards a little bit and explored the treehouse, which is the basis of the name. So tell a little bit about the treehouses that are out there. 
Absolutely. We have um, a lot of, it's fun as guests get here, if they haven't really done their research, um, they're pleasantly surprised when they see a tree houses the size of for adults. So yes, we have three tree houses. Two of them uh, are overnight. Um, yes, they have the amenities that would make life comfortable, such as a bathroom, running water, heating air, um, kitchenette, all of those great things. But um, the date night tree house is our other tree house that is not an overnight one. It really just has a deck area um, mm -hmm. and a smaller inside area that Mr. Phil actually built that tree house about 20 years ago. And that was where he and Miss Diane used to have date nights um, long before this was ever a tree house. It was amazing because it was, you know, like a little cabin up in the tree. It was, it was you know, when I associate tree houses, I think of, you know, where the kids play, but this is where right. adults live. <laughs> you could live in this thing. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of a lot of adults get very comfortable there after a glass or two of wine. That's for sure. I'll bet. So. I'll bet. so tell us the story about how the vineyard began. What was? Yeah, so Phil and Diane. Um, th this property has been in Diane's family for well over two hundred years, and Diane's mom was at the age she was she was well over ninety years old, living on the property by herself, and they wanted to at that point in time take care of her in those final days. Um, she was her health was deteriorating and. Um, it was just a decision that they knew they needed to make. And so they moved in to take care of her, which also meant taking care of the property. Um, after she passed away, they wanted to do something special with the property and they just weren't sure what. Uh, Mr. Phil had made wine as a hobby. That was something he's always enjoyed doing. So um, he ran across a gentleman who had purchased muscadine vines that had been, um, they were engineered out of NC State and he was really excited about that because he happens to be a North Carolina or an NC State grad. He um, played basketball for state, his mother retired. So he is like a Wolfpack fan through and through. And so he purchased these vines back in 2004, about 50 vines or so, and really was just kind of going about it as an experiment just to see what would happen. And when they planted them in 2005, he and Miss Diane together, they planted all 50 vines. Um, they did really well. And so Mr. Phil got a little excited, a little zealous. And the next year, he ordered several hundred more. And Miss Diane at that time was not so excited about digging a couple hundred holes to plant more <laughs> vineyards. So she, she pretty much put her foot down and said, okay, this whole vineyard thing is great, but you're going to hire some people to help. And that's pretty much how we came about back in 2005. We opened to the public in 2010, um, and that's, we've, just this coming November, we'll have been in operation for 10 years. So it was five years from the time they started till they actually were able to open and start selling wine that they produced. Exactly. Yep, that's correct. And um, so in the process of, of making the wine, was is there, there's an aging process, I assume. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you really have to wait for those vines to mature. Um, mm -hmm. We are a muscadine vineyard only. Um, we have about six, six to eight varietals. Um, we've had, you know, over the years, we've pulled up a couple rows of vines. We've planted the ones that we were, you know, really needing for from a pr production standpoint. Um, we do produce, we, we have a vineyard, so obviously we grow grapes, but we're also a winery. And so we make everything on site, including wines, um, that we maybe don't grow those particular great spores, such as a Cabernet or Merlot, a mm -hmm. Chardonnay blend, Riesling, et cetera. So, um, yeah, it stays nice and busy here. Yeah, it does. 
Um, so, um, okay. Um, what's one thing you wish you knew before you started your job there that you didn't know before and you had to learn or discover? Oh, goodness. Wow, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, I could answer that now really quickly. Um, everybody will assume that um, being in the wine industry, wine is such an elegant, such a traditional, um, almost, you know, you get this stigma about it being so relaxing and fabulous. And it is, um, but behind the scenes, um, someone's got to haul all the cases, keep up with all of the bottling. Um, harvesting <laughs> is hellacious. Um, I volunteered harvesting about seven years ago, and I'll never do it again. You all harvest um, by it, hand, I assume? It, it, a lot of it, yeah. We do yeah. We pick our grapes by hand. We do a lot of it. You know, our, our vineyard is at the size where we're producing about 5,000 cases a year. Um, so our equipment is, you know, it's just kind of – it helps out for what we're doing, but we're not one of the, you know, big boys out there who have it, you know, all the machinery to do it for us. So, you know, I think just knowing that the labor behind producing a bottle of wine, it is, it's a lot. Yeah. Oh, starting a wine business, not something you just decided to do one morning and then, you know, just, you know, start having revenue from it in the next month or two, like I said, it took you guys five <laughs> years before. Um, so you, you have to have money aside to hold yourself out, right? You know, I mean, you'll see a lot of places, um, especially in North Carolina. So when we opened, we were the 101st winery that opened up. Mm -hmm. um, and that was back in 2010. Here we are approaching, you know, 10 years in business. So right in 2020, there's now just shy of 200 um, so the North Carolina wine industry has grown tr dramatically. It's, all, it's pretty much doubled in 10 years. Um, but within those 200, lots and lots of wineries and vineyards have gone in business, but also have gone out of business. Um, it, is, it is tough to make a dollar in the wine industry. When you think about it takes a year for the grapes to grow on the vines. Um, all the labor and taking care of those vines throughout the year. By the time you pick the grapes, you... Um, you know, rack them and filter them and they're, they're sitting in the vats for fermentation. That's going to be at least another nine months to a year, sometimes year and a half. And then from the bottling standpoint, the machinery that you're using, of course, you've got your bottles, your labels, your capsules, your corks, and all of that has to be done before that 15, 20, $25 bottle of wine even hits the shelf. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of expense. I think what helps our business is that we're able to offer a lot of private events, public events, our treehouse rentals. You kind of have to get a little creative with other sources of revenue. Um, yeah, I can to, see you that. know, it's not just the wine. Yeah. Yeah, that or have a lot of money in your pocket. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and, yeah, and it's not. You're gonna go backwards, even if you got a lot of money in your pocket. Yeah. If that's the case. Uh, what's one common myth about wineries and brewing that you'd like to debunk? A common myth. I think, I think that would probably be it is a lot about just how much, how the, the expense behind it. I think that, that it, until you see the behind the scenes, um, you know, just how much labor goes into it, just to get to that point where you're popping that cork. Um, I think that it would shock a lot of people, you know, how yeah. many hands are touching it, the timing of it. Um, there's a lot of days where we're going to bottle for, you know, we've been ready to bottle a particular um, one of our varietals and we go to test it and you can, you know, you test it the day before to make sure it's ready to go and something's not quite right. And, 
it throws everything off. So you're, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of science behind it. There's a lot of timing behind it. Um, you know, pretty much the sun, moon, and stars have to line up. And I think that it's not as quick and easy as some people may think, like making a cake. You know, you follow the recipe <laughs> and, well, you know, there it is. Um, wine has a, it's a mind of its own, it, it seems. So we're, we're just, you know, we figure it out and try to make the best wine that we can make here. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming there's a lot of variables that, of course, that you can't control, like nature and um, <laughs> yeah. insects and, yep. um, you know, disasters. You don't hurricanes that might over flood your fields and all of it so yep it's uh it's kind of a you know like you said most people only your only experience of it is when they pop the cork and pour the glass sure and, enjoy and, how, and how elegant and fabulous yeah. it tastes and the aroma all of it to that <laughs> point where a couple like two years ago we had north carolina had a couple um hurricanes that were coming through and hurricane season is in september well ha that happens to also be harvest season for us and so we were harvesting just days leading up to the hurricane and and we didn't get a complete harvest that year yes you know the we can get hail storms we can get you know things can happen with mother nature and it was interesting because um you know we we had to plan and predict and and do what we could do just to get saved, you know, that crop for that season. Right. Um, I, I, after listening to you, I'm kind of like thinking that drinking a glass of wine is like an, it could be an exercise in mindfulness because, you know, <laughs> yes. when you take into account all the aspects you just talked about that go into making it, all the hands on it, all the different steps, mm -hmm. it kind of gives you more of a uh, appreciation for it, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's funny because the, there's a lot of different types of alcohol where it's just a matter of like beer, for example. Um, golly, you can churn out some beer every couple weeks. Um, mm -hmm. You know, those breweries will pop in the yeast, do their thing, you know, get a new batch and, you know, bottle it, can it, and they're on their way. Um, with wine, it's just, it's not that way. And so I yeah. think that's why it is, it does have the complexity that it has and the the history and you know we all kind of enjoyed what wine brings to to any celebration or what have you cool so uh share with us something that has come out of your journey as being manager of the vineyard that you didn't expect oh i have been able to celebrate um you know getting to be part of people's like biggest days most special days whether it's an engagement a wedding. Um, I was able to plan my in-laws 50th wedding anniversary party myself. And there's not a lot of times where we get to do that. Um, you know, so you're, I'm a part of people's big milestones, big events. Um, and that's kind of fun to get to see the other piece to it is just really seeing a, a family owned company, um, that really started from very little financially. There was not a large investment. They took um, a deck that was built underneath the treehouse and used that as their music stage. Um, there was one bathroom, which was not a good idea. The first music night when we had about 200 people show up in one bathroom, that was a bad day. Um, you know, really to um, being able to be one of one of and we've been credited for being Union County's largest um, tourist attraction. Um, we see sometimes around a thousand people a week come through here now, and wow. it, that's just it's been rewarding to see it grow and, and develop not just 
you know, the, the revenue that we've, that we've been able to accomplish, but really the um, reputation um, in the area. So that's been awesome to be a part of that. Yeah, it sounds awesome. All right, um, I'd like to go into what we call our shotgun round. And this is just a fun little round. We ask a few questions, basically the same questions every interview. And it's more just for fun and kind of get to know you a little bit better. Okay. So, okay, so we're going to go on right. to the shotgun round. Yeah, no. professional and appropriate? Or no, you can be yourself. To... Okay. Be yourself. Okay. Okay, if you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell yourself? Oh, gosh. Oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> uh, don't mar marry the first boy you say I love you to. <laughs> that sounds like a story. <laughs> yes. We'll have to have a glass of wine one day. But, yes, it's definitely so, okay. a story. I'll hold you to that. Um, what's the best compliment you've ever received? Um, golly. Um, best compliment would have to be asking constantly if I'm one of the owners here just because of my heart and what is involved in what we do here and I know that goes for my staff as well we all get asked are you one of the owners are you the owner are you the sister are you the mother you know the, they, we have a grandson the grandson's here I'm like no I'm not his mother but yeah I just think <laughs> that just getting that piece of it that's that means that there's something special there yeah, it sounds like it. Everyone, you know, you're so dedicated to it that you just, your love for it pours out and people yeah. see that. Well, and it's easy. I mean, and that's the thing. We all make fun of it because um, even some of my staff will get asked if they're, you know, they, they may be working behind the counter and they'll get asked, are you one of the, you know, family members? And we all joke now as to who we are and we're, you know, then we end up telling the truth but um, <laughs> but sometimes i'll say yeah i'm the adopted daughter and you know they just don't know it yet so <laughs> it is it's kind of rewarding for for us to get that compliment i would say that's cool all right uh if you could have dinner with any three people dead or alive who would they be and what would you talk about okay i'm gonna go with first of all definitely i'm gonna have to go with abraham lincoln just because why not i want to know a lot about life back then um I would have to say a cheesy crush would be Matthew McConaughey <laughs> just for the heck of it. And then of course, Queen Elizabeth. Wow. Hands I've... down. I am obsessed with the Royal family. I tried to have tea with her when I went to England last year and it did not work out. Wow. So it would definitely be someone who has seen our world over the last, you know, almost hundred years yeah. evolve. I would love to get to have, you know, dinner with her. Does she normally have tea with uh, the commoners? Um, <laughs> well, like I, I don't weird. know. I was trying to make my way in, but something just, it didn't quite wow. work. She was, That's cool. yeah, I didn't pass. Cool. Awesome. Uh, well, Tori, uh, how can people get up with you? And what, I know y'all, besides wine, y'all have the tree houses, of course, and, and then events. Talk about some of the, the things that go on over there throughout the year. Yeah. So we are obviously on, um, we have a website, treehousevineyards.com. We have several different social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, you, we get recognized on a lot of other, you know, promotional areas as well. Um, so if you Google Treehouse Vineyards, you're going to find us some way, um, some way. But um, as far as what do we have going on here, um, of course, right now with the fabulous COVID-19, we are operating a little bit on a limited with just really our grounds are open. Um, but life is normal. We definitely offer wine tastings, tours. Um, we do a lot of events ranging from murder mystery shows to Latin nights to private events. 
um, we really try to do something for everyone. Um, that's kind of something we keep our calendar about as full as I've seen any winery or vineyard in the state. So I, I don't know what that says about me and my team. Um, I think we're just straight crazy and we love wine. So we, <laughs> we try to try to do something for everyone. Cool. Sounds good. Well, I appreciate you being on the podcast and, uh, Wish all the best to you, and uh, we're gonna come back out there again, probably this summer, and, and have another wine tasting. Come on, make sure you let us know. We'll we'll roll out Check the, out the vineyard. For you, no Sounds question. good. All right, thank you for appreciate it. You bet, I appreciate it as well. Okay. Take care and cheers. You too. It was really a fun time at the vineyard, and I'm planning to visit them again soon. I enjoy the Monroe area and encourage you to visit the vineyard and check out the town of Monroe as well. If you are the type of person who likes small towns, then you are going to like Monroe. Now, if you own a business, you know that without customers, you really don't have a business. If you can't get people to visit you, you aren't going to make any money. The best way to get new customers and keep your current customers excited and interested in you and your business is by creating content for your social media platforms. It's easy to do and is the best advertising you could do to promote your business, whatever it is. But when you're growing your business, it may be difficult to dedicate the time and energy you need to create good content. That's where Subtomic Productions can help. Subtomic Productions will help you create amazing content that will keep your current customers interested in you and your business and attract new customers. Whether you want to create engaging video or amazing photography to promote your business, Subtomic Productions can help. Subtomic Productions can also create 360 degree photos of your store or restaurant and those photos can be used to create a Google Street View style tour of your business. Do you know that when you go into Google Street View and you can move around with them little arrows by clicking on them and move up and down the street? Well you can do the same thing with your business. It's a very cool feature that many people don't know about. When someone looks up your business in Google or Google Maps or Google Street View, they'll be able to go from that Google picture of the front of your business right into your business and take a virtual walk around inside. It's really cool. And the best thing about this is that Google doesn't even charge you for this. That's right, you can be part of the Google universe and it doesn't cost you a dime. So hook up with Subtomic Productions and let them help you create or improve upon your social media presence. Just contact them at info at subtomicproductions.com. That's info at subtomicproductions, S-E-B-T-O-M-A-C productions, all one word, dot com. Thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast. Please remember to rank us wherever you get your podcasts so that we can continue to grow and share these podcasts with your friends. Thanks again, stay safe out there, and have an awesome day. Oh,